The flyover state sports show is for a mature audience. It contains strong language and adult situations. We do not own the rights to any audio of the podcast. Viewer discretion is advised. Is this on? Welcome back to the Flyover State Sports Show. I am your host, Sam Long, and joined with me today are Jacoby Myers and Jamison Williams, because no one else is here today. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, you have been absolutely sent the worst torture possible, death by listening to just Sam all day. I want to make it abundantly clear that I am the face of the show as I appear on the most episodes and I am the best trivia person. Gavin is still out building his shrine to American patriotism in the 50s. He's building his home. He is continuing to build his home and he will forever be building his home. Beans, on the other hand, cannot make it today because he has got the porcelain-hugging disease, but not from the direction you'd want, from the other way. Beans has had too many beans, per se. So, with those two yayus out of the way, you are left with me today in my smooth, buttery, monotonic voice. And I wanted today to start by talking about Pat Fitzgerald and Northwestern. I wanted to talk about baseball because those two idiots can't talk baseball. And I wanted to talk about Chiefsaholic and how hilarious that is. But ladies and gentlemen, today I start with you complaining about Skype. I start with you with a rant. I know this is exactly what you wanted today. All you wanted today was for Sam to be upset and angry at something you don't care about. And this is my show now, so I will do it. Let's build up the stage. So today has been a rough day for your host today. This is unavoidably what he wanted to do least was fly solo, to have all the cameras pointing at him. Today, work was a mess. Your host screwed up some stuff at work. Don't need to get into it. Don't want to talk about it. He had to go to the courthouse to renew his tags, and he had to wait for an hour for the line to die down, only for it to take 20 minutes to do everything he needed. Things seemed off the rails, especially when he tried to undo his license plate and stripped stripped the screw, which will now require some more heavy maintenance to get the screw off. To put his new license plate on. I hate it here. But nothing could have prepared your host, Sam Long, today more for the wrath of everything that he hated, which was Skype. Because apparently you cannot record a Skype video by yourself for reasons I do not understand. 
or I am too stupid to figure it out. I'm okay with either answer. And so I sit with you today, ladies and gentlemen, with my phone on hold in this Skype call to my left and me talking into the endless void with Jacoby Myers and Jameson Williams. Now that I have thoroughly bored everyone and taken them off of this platform, it is now the perfect moment for me to say, welcome to the Flyover State Sports Show. This should not happen often, but it does happen more, more than you would think. This has happened before, and it's happening now. It's like the Doofenshmirtz meme, where it's like, if I had a nickel for every time that I had to host the show by myself, I would have two nickels. Two nickels is not a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I am here to take you through the weeds. Will I talk for hours on end, or will this be short? Find out together. We're about to delve in. So... My phone has about 38% battery, so either I will finish talking or the phone will die and it will completely ruin this recording. Deci you decide, I guess. So, I think it is only right to start with Northwestern and Pat Fitzgerald. That's been the major story throughout this last week, right? But we're not going to start there yet because it's important for me to start with a story that actually matters. And that is the game that Beans and I got to call. And by game, I mean games. Games, plural, tournament we got to call. Beans and I were able to call the second annual Kyler Alderson Memorial Basketball Tournament. And even though our audio was kind of shit and we couldn't get it to work, I cannot thank Wyatt Totten, Colton Hitch, Zach Sieberger, and everyone else who made this event possible in order to allow us to call this for a second year. This tournament means a lot to a lot of people, and it is a great way to honor the memory of a treasured friend and to get everyone together to be in remembrance. The thing that stunned me the most was I was in the middle of calling games and I was able to look behind me at one point because someone had hit a five-point shot. If you're confused on how someone get a five-point shot in basketball, we urge you to visit our YouTube channel at Flyover State Sports Show on YouTube. The entirety of the game is there. And while you're there, you might as well follow us on Twitter too, at underscore underscore f3s that's underscore underscore f3s shameless plug in the middle of talking about an absolutely great event i am just a bad person and i'm okay with that but during the game i looked around and there were hundreds of people in the stands it was kind of flooring it was kind of jarring and it's one of those things where it's like okay this thing is growing still but we get to be a part of the initial growth of it. And Beans and I are looking forward to doing it next year. Hopefully Gavin will be able to join us for that as well. And hopefully our audio doesn't stink. We took a picture of what we did for the audio last year, and we did the same thing, and it didn't work. So we screwed up somewhere. Um, Pearson McAtee, unsurprisingly, 
uh, won the tournament with his ragtag bunch of merry men, which included Jared Ayers and Trenton York and Colton York. And Trenton York should not have been on that team because I would have drafted him much earlier if I knew he was in the player pool. But that's neither here nor there. Next year, we will be having uh, registration. And if you're listening to this, the Flyover State Sports Show is looking to register a team for next year's Kyler Alderson Memorial Basketball Tournament. So, if you think you're up to snuff, if you want to compete for titles, you should go and you should let us know if you want to be on the team next 4th of July weekend. 4th of July next year will also be on a Thursday. I would imagine the tournament will be that Saturday or potentially Friday, but Saturday is probably Saturday, July 6th is when I would imagine it would be. So again, I would go watch the entirety of it on YouTube. I will not plug our YouTube channel again, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but I would say that would be a good way. I can only tell you how many events there were because I was calling them. I was in the zone. I just know McAtee dunked it four times and Zach Seberger hit a lot of five pointers. Five point area was a lot bigger this year. If you remember last year. So should we finally dive into Pat Fitzgerald? I have been avoiding trying to talk about this because I really don't want to. And I really haven't read much of anything on it. If I'm going to be honest, I think I'm going to go with a brief synopsis on this um, to recap. Um, essentially, it comes out about a week or two ago-ish. The Patch, Patch Fitzgerald is getting suspended for two weeks. And it's not the first two weeks of the season. It's like literally two weeks like now when everyone's on their vacation. So really... All we knew at that time was that there was some hazing allegations and that Pat Fitzgerald was going to miss like a paycheck or something in the summer. Like it wasn't going to matter and it wasn't a big deal. And so the Northwestern, I think it's called the daily Northwestern is their student newspaper. And Northwestern is a very highly acclaimed journalistic school. So the daily Northwestern obtained or did some investigative research or however, don't doesn't really matter how. But they were able to unearth some of the things that were going on, a lot of which included nudity and dry humping and a lot of other weird stuff. Um, I believe the one weird thing that keeps getting passed around is they would put you in a chair, blindfold you, you would be nude and you'd be dry humped by people in masks or something. Stuff like that. Stuff very fraternity-esque. Something you would expect on a rush or whatever. So, and then Pat Fitzgerald, this comes to light. Public pressure mounts. Pat Fitzgerald is fired. And now F Pat Fitzgerald is uh, suing and it's it's all sorts of mess. Um thought that that might have been a notification. That's why I've been trailing off. No, no news, though. No new news. But Pat Fitzgerald's been fired, and 
there's been a lot of other things with Northwestern. And I think it's important for me to give my two cents because I am self-absorbed and think I'm the main character of this anime. So I will give my thoughts. Um, I personally think that Northwestern really, really uh, fucked their hand up. I think there's definitely a world where if you wanted to keep Pat Fitzgerald, you absolutely could have. I think suspending him for two weeks at this point in time in the season is very much um, not a thing. Um I, I think that is – it's not even a slap on the wrist, really. It's, it's nothing. So, assuming that the private investigator who did the investigating for the president – and the president is new, by the way. The, the president is brand new to Northwestern, and assuming that this was all communicated – you gotta really think the president doesn't know what he's doing. Um, there's really no other way to say it. He, he doesn't know what he's doing if he's only spending it for two weeks that in that side. Or he just thinks it can be swept under the rug because of the 4th of July weekend. That, that literally might be what he was thinking. I'll give him two weeks and it will get swept up in 4th of July and that'll be it. I would almost guarantee that's like what he's thinking. So... I think there's a world where you can say Pat Fitzgerald's job if you just suspend him for one year. I think I think if you suspended him for one year, people would have been like, wow, this is bad. But like now you're suspending him for a year and you're not letting the team go up to Kenosha, Wisconsin again. Like you're making them stay on campus for like their offseason things. Like I, I think there's guardrails in place to where you can get away with it. Um, I think I think a couple things that need to also be said is there is a 0% chance that Pat Fitzgerald did not know what was going on because he's been there for 17 years and people who have been, who went to the school 17 years ago have been talking about it. Either this is like the greatest like hidden criminal activity like, of all time, like, this is, like, Ocean's Eleven, like, elaborate to where, like, Pat Fitzgerald just doesn't know somehow. Either it's that or Pat Fitzgerald knows, and he just, like, it's just boys being boys. Pat Fitzgerald might know that things are going on. He might not know to the extent that they're going on. I, I will give him that benefit of the doubt. But I kind of wonder, Pat Fitzgerald plays at Northwestern, doesn't go to the league. Like, I, I wonder if this is something that is learned from him. So I wonder if this type of hazing is something that happened while Pat Fitzgerald is playing. And so it's not weird for Pat Fitzgerald to take over the job and for it to continue because he was doing it right. Like I, like I, I don't see how that would be something that isn't like insane to think. Um, but in terms of Northwestern going forward, I, re I really don't have much to say on the thing. It, it's a very weird story. Um, it's very over the line for hazing. I think a lot of people 
there's a really negative connotation to hazing and I'm not like advocating for hazing, but like to me, it like, like, like good hazing is like those team bonding activities. Like, you know, the NFL, like Tim Tebow got that weird haircut. The rookies like carry the luggage. I, I think you get stuff like that. Like the freshmen carry like whatever the freshmen have to get mohawks or some, some bullshit, like something like that, like something harmless, like, Oh, haha, Like whatever. I, I, I think like hazing like that is fine. I even think if you want to like have, like like they're in Kenosha, right? Like it is in the summer. Like the freshmen have to run into the fucking Lake Michigan or whatever and like stay in there for like five minutes at night. Maybe not at night, but like at dusk or something. They they gotta run in there with like their underwear or something, or like in their uniform or I don't know. Whatever. But like I think the when we start getting to people in mass, like dry humping folks blindfolded like that's when we're kind of crossing the line on stuff like that like that just sounds like something a fraternity would do and like frats are just no <laughs> so like i to me i i feel like the hazing at northwestern probably could have just been like a normal thing and then it kind of got like out of control and like it's very hard it it's very hard to like see those evolutions like when like those moths that everyone learns about like the like there's the black moths and the white moths and like the white moths blended with the trees but like over time due to the industrial revolution the black moths get more more hidden and so the population shifts from white moths to black moths right but like during the time of incremental change it's really hard to see that that's happening so like it literally might have just started with like you know guy gets put into room like like he just gets put into a shed for being an idiot right and then suddenly like you know the next thing you know you're adding a blindfold to him and then suddenly the next thing you know like he's only wearing like his boxers and the next thing you know like dudes are coming in like verbally assault like verbally like berating him and the next thing you know someone is like putting a mask on so that way like whatever and then the next thing you know they're dry helping him like you know what i mean like it like going from like literally putting dude in room over the course of years and just somehow getting to guys in mass dry humping like yeah like it's not that hard to see where that like comes from over the course of time, especially if this is like a Northwestern thing that's been around for time. So I don't know. I don't have too much to say other than that. Um, I think Northwestern promoting the North Dakota state defensive coordinator that just came in is the right move. Um, part of me does feel like this was public pressure though. Cause no one else from the staff is fired. So I almost feel like if they would just suspended Pat Fitzgerald indefinitely and then like in a month said he's suspended the entire season and has to attend courses, I, I think they would have done that. I think if this is two years ago, Pat Fitzgerald is off the hook. I think because he's won three and subsequently one game over the last two seasons, I think that's the problem. I think the president sees a coach that's won four games in two years and a headache, and I think he's just willing to cut bait. 
So that's it for Northwestern for me. Um, I don't really, like I said, there's not a lot of bouncing off from anyone here. I just kind of my unfiltered, unbridled thoughts. Um, the next thing I would really want to talk about is actually I want to talk about baseball because no one else wants to ever talk baseball on this show. And I want to talk baseball on this show. I don't necessarily want to talk about much of anything other than the all-star uniforms. Um, there was a big to-do about the all-star uniforms and how they were, quote, ugly, unquote. The AL wore a top that was teal, like Mariner's teal. And I believe they had white pants. And then I believe the National League wore like a dark blue and a, with black pants. Um, a lot of people said that they were ugly, and I honestly don't agree. I don't think they looked very – I don't think they looked bad. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like baseball people get so upset at everything just for no fucking reason. I think it would have been better if they would have went with white and teal. I think that would have been – a better choice you could have went with you, you probably could have went with white with a teal top and they would both would have wore white pants or whatever and then both could have wore like dark blue hats is probably what i would have went with i don't know i'm not a design expert um but everyone is really more up in arms not because they look bad because I, again i don't think they did i think they look fine people just want their players to wear their team's uniform, which I guess, I don't know. Does anyone really like care? Like, I, I guess I don't. The, the only argument for it is nobody knows who anyone is. And like, you don't know who they play for, but like my, my thing is like, okay, well you replace it with like the jerseys. That they normally wear. So people are going to know who they play for. But like people are still not going to know who they are. Like. If you like. Elias Diaz won from the Rockies. The catcher from the Rockies. I don't even think I'm. I'm not even pronouncing his like first name right. It's like Elias or Elias or whatever. Diaz. Diaz from the Rockies won, won the MVP. I couldn't put like. I couldn't put like. 10 athletic-looking Hispanic men, like, in a lineup, and you tell me which one is the baseball player. You know what I mean? Like, no one knows who Eli Elias or Lois Diaz is or whatever. Like, Jose Ramirez is, like, a, is like a great example for someone who watches baseball. Like, I could pick Jose Ramirez out of the lineup, probably. I don't think that the majority of people could actually pick Jose Ramirez out of the lineup. I don't think the majority... Honestly, I don't think the majority of people can pick Mike Trout out of the lineup. This is the bigger issue. It's not the uniforms. It's the fact that no one knows who baseball players are. Um, like, you would know who Aaron Judge is, not because you know what Aaron Judge necessarily looks like. He, he Aaron Judge does have a pretty distinct face. But it's the fact that he's 6'7". Like, that's how you know who Aaron Judge is. He's tall as fuck. So, I don't know. I, I, I think... I'm with – I'm not with the, the jerseys are ugly crew, but I'm with it should be the teams. I, I don't think it matters, but I think it's just better for aesthetic. And, like, 
I, I, I think that's just more fun. I mean, to see the guys in their uniforms. I know that's kind of a 180 from where my point was going. But I, I do like them in the uniforms. I just don't think it matters is the thing. Like, I like it, and I want it because I want to see my player. I, I will say, the, the hardest part is really not knowing who's, like, pitching either. Like, I relief pitchers are, like, guys who, like, Mike McDougal, like, was it Mike McDougal? Or, I don't remember. There's just so many, like, relief pitchers throughout time who, like, randomly make all-star games because every team has to have an all-star, which I like, too. I know that there's so many people out there who don't like that, but I like it. I think that most teams usually have a guy who's an all-star level player anyways, so it's not a big deal. But I enjoy every team having an all-star because I think every fan base should get to see one of their players represent them during the weekend. I think that's awesome. I think it's one of the things that's very uniquely baseball, and I wish like the NFL would do it too. I think that would be fun. I like, The NBA kind of can't because there's 30 teams, I mean, you could th- – there's 30 teams and there's more than one all-star on every team. Like, even if you made it teams of 15, like, you're going to have to have a guy do the dunk contest or three-point contest. Like, that's just kind of the way it is for basketball. It's just a numbers game. But, like, every team is represented in the NHL. They, like, have their deal, like, divided between conferences where they do, like, a tournament. It'd be like if the AFC and NFC West, like, teamed up against, like, the AFC and NFC North, South, East, and West, like, in quarters. So, I mean, hockey does it really fun. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 I like it, I guess. The, am I talking about nothing right now? It kind of feels like I'm talking about nothing. Um... We're we're talking about Star Realms in a group chat. Apparently, I I am missing out on the sweet sweet action of fake card games right now. Um, anyone who knows what Star Realms is, you're a real one. So uh, we've covered the All Star game, and the NL did win three to two. By the way, two run home run by Elias Diaz. So there you go, and there you go. Um. I do want to talk a little bit about basketball because I never get to actually talk about basketball on here either. Um, so Victor Wembanyama made his NBA debut. He played two games and then eventually got shut down, which honestly, I don't know why people were surprised about. There was a report that he was probably only going to play like two games. So Victor Wembanyama, first overall pick, um, struggled like a lot his first game. And then the second game was pretty good. Like, he looked really good in the second game. Um, I guess I'm just going to give some pros and cons. There's really not a whole lot to go off of the rest of Summer League. I mean, like, every all the guards always look pretty decent the majority of the time. Like, Scoot Henderson looks pretty good. Aswa Thompson looks pretty good. Amitazzi got hurt, which sucks, but he looked good in his debut. Brandon Miller has been progressively getting better, which is actually something that I would be more um, more excited about, I would say. That shows more of a growth type thing. Um, oh, am I missing anything? I know Keontae George has been killing it. Marquise Noel had like one really good summer league game. Um, I have no idea like if he's done anything else post that. Um, so I don't know. 
Um, I don't know if Grady Dick's done anything. I don't know if Jalen Wilson's done anything. I know Imani Bates got ball sacked. But really, the, the big thing is Victor Wembanyama is in Vegas, and his first game is bad. He's smoking layups. He is, like, looking really soft, honestly. It was very weird. I have, like, never really watched Victor outside of highlights. And I was kind of weirded out by, like, a couple of things. One, I, I get he's really thin. And he wasn't really even getting pushed around. He just looked very baby giraffish. And again, he's seven three and a half without shoes, I think is what he technically is. And he's very skinny. Um, he's just not very coordinated, I don't feel like. Which is like so weird to say about a pro athlete, right? Like, there's guys who aren't, like, super coordinated, and they're funny to watch. And they're usually the big, tall, lanky dudes, and, you know, Victor Wabanyama is the king of tall, big, lanky dudes right now. But he, like, looked off balance. He, he didn't look like he got pushed off balance. He looked like he was just off balance, and then, like, he'd run into something or someone or, like, step weird, and he would, like, just be... It, it, it was just weird to watch him. And again, he probably does that all the time, and I'm just not watching, right? Because I don't watch Euro basketball like that. So... And the other thing I really noticed is, like, you see a lot of highlights with him having, like, a, like a good handle for a big guy. And my my expectations might have just been way too high for him. But, like, he kind of just looked like he was out there dribbling and going nowhere sometimes. And, like, it didn't – it looked like he had a good – he it looked like he had a good handle for being seven three and a half, right? Because it's, it's hard to handle the ball the taller you get. Like, there, there's just more – you bouncing the ball down, there's more, like, distance between your hand and the ball like, on the floor. Like, th there's more opportunity to lose the ball there. And, like, I, I get it. But, like, his handle just didn't look very tight. Like, it looked like he had a handle. Like, it, it, very, it, it very much looked like Jalen Brown's left hand at times, where it's like, oh, ha-ha, Jalen Brown can't dribble with his left hand. He can do it at, like, an NBA level. Like, obviously, Jalen Brown can do it at an NBA level. Jalen Brown crossed over to the left on me like I'm dropping and he's dunking it in my fucking face but like he just looked like he just didn't have like a tight handle man and like people were just in his grill and like he was kind of losing the ball and he was getting it back because you know he's got he's got go-go gadget arms so he's like beating him to the point of where the ball is but like he, like, I was just expecting more. And I think it's really just because I fell for this, like, oh, he's basically, like, KD height. And he's not. Victor is very, and he, he, he's not, like, an elite athlete. He's a good athlete, like, for being seven, three and a half. I, he moves very energy. He moves in a way that's very smart for conserving energy. Because, like, I didn't really see him, like, 
going like after rebounds like that necessarily. Like he was getting boards, obviously. But like if, if he like like it almost felt like he should have gotten more boards, but like it, it very much felt like he doesn't have the one step explosiveness, I think, is really more of what it is. Like he's a good line to line athlete and he has pretty okay sprint speed for like being as big as he is, even though he's rail thin. But I, I think that was kind of one of the other things is like he was a he was a really smooth at he was a very smooth, uncoordinated athlete. I don't know really how to describe that other than it just being a complete oxymoron. Um, but I think those were kind of the three things. The handle wasn't tight. He looked unbalanced and I was, I was very much med by his athleticism. But the thing is, is what I wasn't med by was his defense. Oh, baby. Victor Wimbanyama at worst is going to be like a better Rudy Gobert. If he can stay healthy like that, that's, that really might be the floor is like Rudy Gobert with like perimeter guarding ability, right? Like Victor didn't really show a ton with his like three point shooting, but he showed a little with his mid and like, dude. So when I talk about him being kind of a met athlete, that's kind of like just in, straight line speed and like vert and everything. But man, he's got some agility though. He can move side to side on the perimeter. And like, he doesn't have to move side to side, like crazy like that on the perimeter. because He's so fucking big, but Oh my God, dude. Like seriously, like he, he can back off too. Cause he's so fucking long. Like his, his reach is so long that he's like, blocking people on the perimeter he's blocking people in the post like like realistically there's like no way he doesn't make like first team on defensive teams like and th there's a couple of reasons for that a he's like good enough to make all defensive first teams right like let's let's just get that out of the way um he, victor Wembanyama could make a first team all defensive team his first year because it would not surprise me if he just averaged like three blocks a game. Like it really wouldn't, assuming that he stays healthy. Because just like he he just gets cheapo blocks from like rotating over help side, or like getting switched onto someone late in the uh, shot clock, and like being able to block it like from the perimeter because he's so big. Um, he he will be a first team defensive player, like whether it's at forward or center or what whatever it does doesn't does not matter. He will be a first team defensive player. I'm almost certain he will absolutely be a second team at at some point defensive player. I, I would be shocked if he wasn't. the The only thing that's stopping him from doing that is injuries, right? Like let let's be clear. And with the new NBA CBA, you have to play like, God, it's like 65 games, I think. You have to play like 65 plus games or 70 plus games. I can't remember exactly what the total is. But assuming that he meets those benchmarks and that he like plays that many games 
and plays like enough minutes, he, he will be at worst a second team all defensive player. And like he he really really it would be kind of shocking if he wasn't, you know, a like defensive player of the year, like perennial candidate. Um, we'll see what happens with that, though. If he's going to have to carry offensive load, like he might have to, which I don't know if he can. I, I, I think that's one thing I did see is I don't think he's the guy to go average like 24, 25. Victor feels like 18, 12, and like four or five assists and like two or three blocks. Like, that's what he feels like, and that's really good. Like, let's not – I do not want me thinking that Victor Wembanyama is probably just that to be, like, some sort of blasphemy of me calling him garbage because I don't think he is. I just think he has a lot of work to do with his jump shot if he wants to average, like, 23 to 28 points, right? Efficiently, too. Like if Victor if Victor can go out there and average twenty five points on like sub fifty percent shooting, probably, but like who, no one gives a shit about that. Like that that's Westbrook numbers, bro. Like I don't I don't give a shit about Westbrook numbers. Like so many NBA players can go average like twenty two points on like forty two percent shooting. <laughs> like that's just any like almost any like decent scorer in the NBA can do that. So I, I, I think the Spurs are going to need to pair him with a guy who is a bucket getter. I don't know who that will be. That could be someone in the future even. Um, I don't know. There's a kid named Cooper Flagg who's been tearing it up in the – who tore it up in the Peach Jam, and he's like 6'10", 6'11", and like apparently has a buttery stroke and everything. Every dude coming out of – every dude coming out of uh, high school is like the next – big thing. Cooper Flag will be the next big thing and it'll probably go like 16th in the draft <laughs> or something. But I don't know. I, I I think Victor will definitely need I think Victor's role is more suited to be an elite co-star. And this is I I feel like I have a good grasp on what players can be the best players on their team to win titles. And I was wrong on Jokic. I thought Jokic definitely needed to be kind of the two. The thing is, is Jokic and Murray are weird. Murray's almost like the primary scoring option sometimes. That's a crazy take, by the way. But, like, I don't know. Luka's kind of the one guy that I'm worried about. I don't think Luka's good enough off, off ball. I, I think that's the one thing with Jokic, though, is Jok I always wondered if Jokic was going to be good enough with the ball in his hands as a scorer to win the games. And then it just didn't really matter because he's such an elite playmaker. And I knew he was an elite playmaker and he kind of just became a two man thing with him and Jamal. So it was really more of, it became less of can Jokic win the game with the ball in his hands and more of a, can the combination of Jokic and Murray beat anyone in a two man game, pick and roll or handoff or whatever. And the answer to that was very much yes. Um, so I, I'm i going to give Jokic a half point for proving me wrong. 
Because, again, I, I think if you don't have a guy like Jamal Murray, like, it's not going to happen. But if you don't have a guy like Jamal Murray, then, like, no one – it's not happening for anyone. So, like, that's a terrible argument. So, back to Victor, though. We're going all over the map talking about basketball. God, I love basketball. Beans and Gavin just don't watch any NBA. This is a release for me. It's a, It's something. So, I, I think that Victor is very much going to be fine. I would be shocked if he wasn't assuming how I would be health. I would be shocked if he wasn't a 15 year NBA veteran with like 10 defensive eh, eight, eight to 10 defensive teams. I think he gets it. I think he gets one this year personally. Um, We'll, we'll just call that my hot take. I, I think Victor Wembanyama is going to be a uh, second team, all defense player this year, assuming that he plays the requisite amount of games. I think I think that would be my uh, scorching hot take. I uh, truthfully, I have no idea. So, like, I admire Colin Cowherd a ton because he like goes out there every day and talks into a microphone for three hours. I don't know how he does it. Like, I've been recording this for, like, 40-ish minutes, and I'm just sitting here like, oh, God, I'm out of content. I didn't prepare at all, though. So, Colin probably, like, is, you know, a master of his craft where it's like, oh, like, I want to be good at this, so I'm going to, like, prepare. And me, I decided, no. Because I'm no Colin Coward. We have 29% battery life, too. I'm kind of impressed with my phone and how... uh much of staying alive. Honest to God, I am going to wait to talk with Be- Beans. This is your, like, uh, reprieve from me. Reprieve is not the right word. This is your, like, gift from me to you. Uh, we'll talk about Chiefsaholic, like, more in depth next week, right? When we get together. Uh, the the main story behind Chiefsaholic is, you know, all those bank robberies we thought he did. He did them. And then the police caught him in California. He was so close to the border, folks. Why he didn't just go, I do not know. Okay. What else has happened in the water world of sports? Um, it, it's late. Um I could talk about Joey Chestnut. Um, I don't. I don't really think Joey Chestnut needs any more fanfare from me. I love the hot dog eating contest. I think it is one of the more interesting things that happens in life. I think. Uh, yeah, I. I think. I think the hot dog e- eating contest is the most interesting thing that happens in America. It's like the most disgusting food product consumed the most disgusting way in a disgusting amount. And it's, like, on the 4th of July. It's, like, a decry from, like, every... It's basically a departure from everything that is good and holy and that the rest of the world would expect from a developed nation, and we just do it anyways because, fuck, America, fuck yeah, right? So, I, like... It is so incredible to watch, like, Joey Chestnut eat, like, 60 hot dogs in 10 minutes. Like, I couldn't even imagine, like... First of all, I don't think I can eat 10% of that in 10 minutes. Like, even if I tried, because one, I think I would throw up if I ate the buns soaked in water. I think I would just throw up. 
And two, like, I think I would just not be able to eat like six hot dogs because they're not those Nathan hot dogs aren't like those little ones you get like at the uh, like your your dad's grilling at the grill. Like those things are kind of long. Like those those hot dogs are pretty big. Like I don't think those are those aren't like some Weenie Hut Junior hot dogs. Um. So like I I don't even know if I can eat six of those in like ten minutes. Like I almost want to try, but like I feel like I would just get sick and embarrassed. Um, maybe that's what we should. You know what, Beans? I know you're listening to this because a you're editing this, and b you for some reason listen to every episode of this show. Which, by the way, I don't know why Beans and listens to every episode of this show, and Gavin for that matter too. Whenever Gavin's actually on. They're like, oh, man, we listen to the show. It's like, bro, you're on the show. You know what? You know what happened? I So I don't get it. I don't I don't get how they can. Like, I have never once listened to the show because I refuse to because I literally was on it. Like, I, I know what was said. I know the takes that happened. I don't need don't need to listen to it twice. You, my audience member, you need to listen to it because you're not on the show. Like you miss, like you you miss like all the raw and filtered things, but like everything else for me, I I get to hear them, so I don't listen to them, and I don't remember what I was talking about now. I, know I was talking about hot dog getting cut. Oh, now I remember beans. I know you're listening. Flyover State Sports Show should sponsor a hot dog eating contest next year. We could do it like af- dude after the tournament next year. Oh my god. People are going to be so hungry. We could do it. I think if we bought like a hundred hot dogs, we could probably just do, we, we could just do it too. Like it's, it's how many in 10 minutes or like the first one to finish 10 hot dogs. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Being, we're doing that next year. Absolutely. So uh, I'm switching gears back to baseball. I don't have anything else to say about the hot dog eating contest. We're just rambling, bro. We don't have a show script. This is how I normally do things. I just ramble. But I'm going to uh, the Royals this weekend, right? So uh, shout out to me for, like, I don't know, being a true fan. Not really. I'm not even a Royals fan. I'm a Red Sox fan, but I can't go to the Red Sox game because the K-State home opener is during that series, and I can't go next year because the Royals and the Red Sox play in Kansas City on a Monday, a Tuesday, and a Wednesday, so I can't go to any of the games. I hate it here. Anyways, um, so I'm going to the Royals. Uh, rip me because the Royals are fucking booty cheeks, like double-caked-up cheeks. Um. And they were playing the Rays. We're now the second best team in baseball because the Braves are just killing everyone. And honestly, I don't know what to expect because I go to a lot of Royals games and the Royals end up winning those games, which sucks because I'm a Sox fan and that's usually the team that I'm watching lose. So I'm hoping that the Royals could take two against the Rays, um, mainly just for kicks and giggles. But the real thing I want to talk about the Royals about is apparently their draft was awful. And I don't know anything about any anything for the MLB draft because the MLB doesn't even care about their draft. But 
catcher in the top 10, the one stat I saw was if the catcher that the Royals drafted in the top 10 got a hit in the majors, he'd be the first high school catcher, the first catcher drafted straight out of high school to get a hit in a major league game since Joe Maurer, which is like 20 years ago. So we've gone like 20 years without finding the next great high school catcher. Um, so I don't know. The, the Royals seem to be doing Royals things. It, I The thing that floored me is like, I see people like, oh, well, you're not even going to play catcher in the major. You play in position whatever. And it's like, okay, sure, fine, I guess. And then like the draft expert is like, well, you know, He's good. I wouldn't have drafted him in the top 10 if he wasn't a catcher, but because he is positional value. And so it's just like, well, if you're not going to play him a catcher, then you drafted like the 14th to like, or the 15th to like 20th best player, like with the eighth pick or whatever it is. So like, I, I, I feel like I hate baseball's draft, by the way. Baseball's draft is pretty much you have 20 rounds. I think it's either 10 or 20. I think it's 20. You get 20 rounds to pick players, and you get a pool of money. And you have to pay all your players with that pool of money. And if you don't, then they, like, go back to school. <laughs> like, and you get a draft pick for, the, for, like, not being able to pay them. So teams, like, just won't take the best player available sometimes. Because they're saving money so they can draft people who will cost more money later in the draft. And it makes no sense. And baseball is so weird. I don't get it. But yes, the Royals drafted some high school catcher. And I don't care. Because honestly, there's like... I, I think there was a stat about draft picks to make the majors. And the Royals were like dead in the middle. And it was like 14%. So there's like an 86% chance this guy like literally has never heard from again. Oh, but he, he committed to LSU and he's the best prospect this coach has ever seen at the catcher position. I don't I don't care. Uh talk to me when he's doing it in the show, man. Like is could he be Adley Rushman? Maybe, but Adley Rushman was doing it at Oregon State, like winning natties. Or at least making it to college world series. Like this this I couldn't imagine me being eighteen years old and then like getting drafted by a baseball team and then having to do like baseball. Like, at 19. Like, I don't even know what I would do in that situation. And then, like, if it just doesn't work out, like, you just have to go back to college, like, as a 20, like, 4-year-old. Like, that's not the worst thing ever. But it's like, oh, yeah, I made, like, decent money <laughs> by being a, a minor league catcher. Oh, well. <laughs> I don't know. Royal stink. Unless I can think of something else, I think this will be the last topic of the day, and this will be a very spicy one, very, very spicy. So uh, Travis Hardenberger, you know, I, I sent out a tweet, and it was like, hey, you guys should ask me questions that I can answer during this. And what did you guys do? Send me dick diddly, not a thing. You didn't send me jack squat. You left me out to dry. You guys are the worst. 
Except for Travis, because, you know, David Paskowski, I know you're listening because you like all their shit. You liked my tweet, but you didn't ask me a question. What's the point? I'll check I'll check our flyover account. How about that? I'll make sure you guys didn't ask a question on the flyover account. No, you didn't. You know what you did? You liked my tweet, David, and then you didn't do anything about it. You said, I like your shoes, and then you left. You didn't say anything about the slacks, the jacket, the hair. It's ridiculous. I, I live in a world where I have to create my own content because my co-host is, you know, shitting his brains out, and my other one is housing his brains out, I guess. I don't know. So we, we live in a world where you get a solo Sam in a Topeka Tropic shirt flanked by Jameson Williams and Jacoby Myers, and I'm just sitting here thinking, my God, I haven't eaten anything yet. And this episode is going to be sponsored by no one. Fuck it. Whatever. We're on a ramble ride right now. Um, but Travis did actually ask us a question. So, you know, I guess the, uh, I guess the, uh, you know, listener of the day, I suppose, is Travis Hardenberger. And he asked, why does Beans... Suck at trading, and followed by it's like he says he's intrigued by by offers, but never follows through. L O L. All right, this is something I can sink my teeth into. So for those who are uninitiated and not in the League of Ordinary Gentlemen, my mother is now calling me, and I, you know what? I can't put this on the podcast. I would put that burp on the podcast though. Should I pick up the phone? No, I'm not going to. She, you know, she's calling me in response to the fact that I couldn't get my license plate off today. Good thing I work at a metal manufacturer and we will just be able to get that bolt off. And then there's a million other bolts that I will be able to use that are not rusted to hell and back. I love working at a metal fabricator. But anyways, Travis asked, why does Bean suck at trades? And for those of you who don't know, Beans comes out guns blazing about five days ago and says, I'm trading George Pickens. And that is it. And so everyone has decided that they are going to put in their best bids for George Pickens. And when someone says that they are trading George Pickens, people are usually assuming that they are wanting to tear down and get a pick. Beans, on the other hand, does not share that sentiment. He wants a wide receiver one for George Pickens, which means that he wants someone who currently has a wide receiver one to offer him a wide receiver one for George Pickens and other stuff, which is not the lay of the land. So what Beans is suffering from, Travis, is the fact that he is an idiot. <laughs> I, I, sure, I don't know. No, Beans is not stupid. What Beans is suffering from is thinking that people who have wide receiver ones are wanting to absolutely just trade them for reasons. I guess. Beans also suffers from the fact that he think that, thinks that Terrace Marshall and Nico Collins could both potentially be top 20 wide receivers this year, which, if you've been keeping score at home for the last two years, I can't say too much bad about Nico Collins, but Terrace Marshall has gotten targeted five times, like four, five times or more in only about four or five games in his like, two-year career. So, to Beans, I say about Terrace Marshall, good luck. I would sell him if he shows a pulse. 
I don't know if he will, though. Nico Collins is a little bit different. I think that wide receiver room is a little bit more uh, congested, though, in my personal, humble, professional, unprofessional opinion. But back to Travis's question. Why does Beans suck at trading? Well, Beans is also indecisive. Beans doesn't know what he wants. One minute he wants to trade George Pickens. The next minute he doesn't want to trade George Pickens. He doesn't really know what he wants all the time. Sometimes sometimes he wants a very specific asset, and he's willing to trade this one asset for it. But if you give him a different one, which is like perceived as more valuable, it like it falls apart. I, I don't know. That's a bad example. But I think the other thing, too, the, the elephant in the room is the second response, where Travis is saying he seems interested, but he's not. And I'm here to tell you, the reason that that is, is because Beans is lying. <laughs> um, sure, it seems like a very simple answer and something that should, you know, not be true. It should, you know, there should be a bigger underlying reason for why Beans is interested and then suddenly not interested or not acting through interest. It's because he's lying to you, Travis. That that would be the thing. Um, I... I cannot tell you how much I think Beans devalues those six third-round picks that Travis has because Travis has been trying to trade Puka Nakua, Isaiah Hodgins, and six third-round picks to everyone and their goddamn dog. And the problem with that trade for Beans is that Beans already has too many players, so trading George Pickens for two players and a bunch of picks will not only exasperate his roster, not that there are people on his roster who couldn't be cut because his roster is dog water towards the end. It has a billion tight ends on it. But it's more of a, I don't think that Beans wants to have either. I don't think Beans wants Puka Nakua. And I don't think he wants to trade Isaiah Hodgins and six third-round picks for George Pickens. But I think he likes the idea that you think he does. See, he's doing the thing that he's, he's doing a worse Jimmy P. For those of you who don't know, and Jimmy, if you're listening to this, this is exactly what you do. You've said it in the chat, so don't come at me. But what Jimmy likes to do is if you send him a good trade offer, but he doesn't want it, he'll decline it because it was a good trade offer. Or he'll even counter it sometimes. But if you send him a trade offer that is not up to snuff for Jimmy, it'll sit there forever. Only to make you, only the illusion of the fact that you have um, a chance at getting that asset that Jimmy P has on his team. Only a mere chance. And so Beans is doing a worse Jimmy. Beans is like acknowledging the trade and saying, eh, maybe. But, you know, the, the real thing is like Beans, the real thing is letting it sit, letting it marinate giving someone the false hope that that trade might happen. And then when they it doesn't, you know, they might offer more because they've already thought about the possibility of having that player on their team. So that's what I would do. But yes, Beans is lying to you, Travis. Um, that is all I can really say to you. In terms of who I would rather have between George Pickens and Isaiah Hodgins, um, I wouldn't necessarily want Isaiah Hodgins because they keep drafting wide receivers in New York and trading for pass catchers and Saquon Barkley might hold out and that offense might just be bad. 
Now, could Isaiah Hodgins be good? Sure, he could. But he only played in like, I don't even know. Let's pull, let, you know what? Tale of the tape. I think George Pickens is overrated. I think George Pickens also, you know, has like second round draft capital and is drafted by Pittsburgh and is like the default number two receiver. Well, he could be the number three. Really depends what you think about Pat Fryermuth, if we're being honest. Let's go to the tail of the tape on Isaiah Hodgins. Isaiah Hodgins played in 10 games last year. But really what we're looking at is we're looking at like this five-game stretch to end the season where he played 80-plus percent snaps. And he got 12 points, 13 points, or he got basically 12, 9, 13, 8, 5, 7, 18, 9, and 12, too. The problem with all of these scores is that he got a touchdown in every game, and he only – now, I, I, you know, roasted Terrace Marshall. By the way, I roasted Terrace Marshall for not having more games with uh, five-plus uh, targets, right? Well, you know, Isaiah Hodgins has, you know, one, two, three, four of those games in like just this one season, three of which happened in a five-game sample size. I'm telling you, Beans, Terrace Marshall isn't good. He can't get open. He doesn't command targets. But I digress. Um, My concern for Isaiah Hodgins would definitely be the fact that while five, four, six, and six is fine for a fantasy wide receiver if they're going to be scoring touchdowns it's not the greatest for like high vault for like basically isaiah hodgins isn't good enough on low volume to be a consistent fantasy piece if that makes sense like if we're just disregarding touchdowns then we're going for six nine seven eight 5-7, 12-9, which is good. Like, I, I'll give him that. And then 6-2. So, I mean, we're going for sub-10 games. Like, Isaiah Hodgins is definitely usable. I think it is very tough to say how usable he will be, given that Darren Waller is there and, like, they drafted Hyatt. And, like, I, again, it would not shock me if Isaiah Hodgins like a wide receiver, like a low-end wideout, too. In uh, fantasy this year, I, I I don't hate him. Is the thing my my issue with him is Isaiah Hodgins has been this is like year last year is year two for Isaiah Hodgins, and you know he get he gets some run and he looks okay. Man, I don't know it. It's it's tough for me to say. I'm not an expert. Would I trade for Isaiah Hodgins? Eh, I trade for Odell. Like, I don't know. Odell's probably a worse asset, if we're being honest. Yeah, Odell Odell is definitely probably a worse asset, but I don't think I was getting Isaiah Hodgins for a third-round pick. Um, I would, I guess I would trade Odell for Isaiah Hodgins, maybe. I don't know. Look, Odell, Odell is upside, I guess. I'm talking way too much about fantasy football. You guys don't care at this point. But, um, yes, in summation, Beans, your price in George Pickens is fine. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think that you definitely um, have misgaged how trading works in this league, and you need to be offering George Pickens and assets for the wide receiver one that you want. 
I would have personally used George Pickens in a trade for one of Jalen Waddle and or Jamar Chase when that came up, but it is neither here nor there. Um, and Travis, I don't think that means once your six third round picks. I don't know what to do with those. I don't know. That's Beans is a liar to you, and that's all I can say. I'm glad I could clear that up. I hope that you both are listening to this. <laughs> all right. We have somehow made it through one hour of content. We're on hour two. Um, it is 7.30, so I think I'm going to mention one brief thing, and then I'm going to steal a segment from Scott Van Pelt. Uh, the one big thing. Um, yes, that's what I'm going to do. I, I might sprinkle in like a fun thing too, but it's really hard to do a fun thing, which is me. Um, I do want to mention that Sporting Kansas City has snatched a draw from the Jaws victory two games in a row. They were up by multiple goals or one goal very late in the case of the previous game. And they somehow turned six points into two points, and Sporting Kansas City continues to be the bane of my existence as a soccer fandom until the United States lost to Panama last night in penalty kicks, 5-4 after six rounds of penalties. Matt Turner could not duplicate what he did against Canada, saving multiple penalties, and the United States has been knocked out of the Gold Cup by the Panamanese. Congratulations to Panama. Um, it is my opinion that the United States... B team should not be losing to the Panamanese team. Panama looked way better and they had two goals disallowed because of offsides and they just looked like the way better team. The United States honestly didn't look good the entire tournament. If we're going to be honest, they drew against Jamaica, which I don't want to disrespect Jamaica, but they drew against Jamaica and then they got to play Trinidad and Tobago and St. Kitts and the Nevins. And those two teams are both fielded by farmers. So um, for lack of a better term. So th those aren't real teams. And then they played Canada and Canada's a legitimate team. But I, you know, I don't think they, they didn't have like their main folk either. And they gave that game away at the end to send it to extra time and they barely made it out against them. Excuse me, burps, hiccups, but they barely made it out against Canada. And extra time, they scored a goal in the last, like, five minutes. So I, I think this was, like, kind of coming. I think, um, yeah, it's kind of a shame. I really don't know one between Jamaica and Mexico. You know what? I'll find out now. We, we, can't, we can't just disregard the entirety of the tournament because America's not there anymore, right? Like, that's not – that's super unfair to, like, the other nations that are there. So let's go with Gold Cup. Final, but it's Mexico. It is Mexico. Mexico won three nothing against Jamaica. They're gonna Mexico will probably win this gold cup, and it will just be like oh, the the pre, the Nations League didn't mean anything. So that is mighty 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 unfortunate. I don't think this U.S. team is beating that Mexico team because that Mexico team is just playing better than that U.S. team was. So, but again, that team didn't have like Wea and, you know, like Pulisic and all those guys. So this is like your uh, Jordan Morris's and your Gianluca Busio's and all of them. So I don't know. U.S. still has a fairly bright future in soccer for the 2026 World Cup. Uh, God, I would enjoy getting to a semi. I think that's like a goal. 
I don't think that'll happen though. That'll be the first World Cup where there's like 48 teams. So I mean, it's gonna be weird. I don't know exactly like what the equivalent would be. I mean, if you, winning like two games in the knockout stage, I think would be kind of what we would want to see out of the U.S. Get to the uh, round of eight. I think that would getting to the round of eight. I think would be a success. I think a great goal is to get to the semis. I think that would be punching above our weight. And I mean, fuck. If, the U.S. made to a final. Oh my lord! Oh my later. So, I'm trying to think of a fun thing. I, I don't have a fun thing that I can like. There's no. I want to end this show on a fun thing and a profound thing because I know what my profound thing is going to be, but I don't know what my fun thing is going to be. Um. Jeez Louise, I don't know. Uh, shout out to all the Swifties. She was in KC. Tell you what, uh, retweet this tweet or retweet the tweet uh, with this episode linked to it. If you went to the Taylor Swift concert, I guess. I don't know. That's not fun. Kenny Cornbread better anyways. Um, Nickelback better too. <laughs> I'm actually going to go see Nickelback like in uh Two weeks. Not, no. It's next week. Oh, baby. It is next week. Yes. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yee! Get it, go see Nickelback in two weeks. Or in one week. It actually is, like, next Friday. So, or next uh, Thursday. So, I'm excited. Is that my fun thing? <sighs> All right. Tell you what, my fun thing, I'm going to get onto Twitter right now. And I am going to react to the first thing. Oh, Big 12 Media Days are happening too. Um, you know what? That'll be my fun thing. I forgot about that. Right, you were Mike just roasted the fuck out of Texas and Oklahoma. Oklahoma really doesn't deserve that roast because Oklahoma's been good. But uh, Texas for the past 10 years has not been good, and it's very funny. <laughs> um. Brett, you were talking about Texas. No, you carries the conference recruiting, but Oklahoma definitely carries all the water in terms of success. Um, yeah, no, <laughs> Texas has not been good in the last 10 years. Um, it, I would die if Texas like was bad. Like this season too, that would be extremely funny. Um, they won't be bad. They will probably, they, they are projected to win the conference for a reason. Um, one, cause Oklahoma's down. So that's why they're projected to win the conference because Oklahoma's down. And uh, two, by God, they are so uberly talented. But I am so looking forward to looking to try and beat them because I would love nothing more than to uh, leave both those teams in the dust and and have literally any uh, two other teams, except for maybe KU, um, in the Big 12 title game next year. I think that would be hilarious. So, um, yeah. Texas and Oklahoma, LMFAO, shots fired, you stink. How about that? Do it <laughs> do it in December. Because <laughs> I haven't been doing it in December the last two years. <laughs> All right. I guess I will go with my one profound thing now. So I love... So this, so the ESPYs were last night, right? And I haven't gotten to listen 
to Liam Hendricks' speech, and I, I need to do that here soon. But I was not able to uh, watch it yet, and I don't watch the ESPYs either, really. I don't. I was watching Summer League, if I'm being honest. But I love the Jimmy V speech with all my heart. I listen to it like once every couple of months. And this is really how I want to end the show is by, I don't even want to say giving advice. Giving advice really isn't like the right term. But the main thing that I get from that speech is when he's talking about living the full day and he says, you need to think, you need to cry, or no, it's a, it's a, you need to think, laugh, and be moved to tears. That's right. And, or at least I believe that's right. And I think it is so important for us as people to be able to think, laugh, and cry. I think that's right. I better look that up. I'm going to look like a complete jackass during this if I don't look it up. Old day, Jimmy B. Yeah, it's laugh, thinking, cry. I had a mix, mixed round. But I just think that it's important. I think, uh, you know, Beans, if you want to do some editing for that, that'd be great. But I think, we, I think it's raw because, you know what, I was thinking there. I was thinking about what it was, and I was trying to remember, so I was thinking there. I think that that's important. And I think just, you know, with this week, it, it's Jimmy V week, and Jimmy V stood for a lot, and there's been a lot that's gone into cancer research, and I know that there's kind of a lot of negative connotation around, like, that kind of stuff right now. But I don't even think if you, you don't even need to, to donate, right, to cancer research. But I think it's just one of those things, if you know someone who has cancer or someone know someone who has cancer i think it's important to share sympathy with them and you know talk to them and like help them and all of that stuff cancer affects a lot of people cancer affects you know so many people residually whether it be you know somebody's mother might have cancer and you know that person right so i think the overarching thing with that today really is you know I think it's important to have your three tenets. You know, I think it's important to laugh, to think, to cry every day, to uh, have your emotions, you know, be on full display. And I think it's important just to be very empathetic of people because a lot of people nowadays, it's a tough world we live out in there. There's a lot of people who are hurting who don't really get to show it, right? And so. I think this is a good opportunity to remind everyone to be mindful not only of their own self-regulation, but for others as well. So that is my one big thing that I stole from Scott Van Pelt um, in terms of the title. So everyone out there, I want you to pat yourself on the back. I want you to uh, 
want to thank you for listening for to this episode today. Was it good? Doesn't matter. I hope it made you think. Or laugh. Or maybe even cry. You know, that's a full day for Jimmy V. So I want to thank everyone for flying with me today. Flying solo is a tough job. And I don't wish it on many other people. Because it is really not the best thing to do. And I hope that it was entertaining for you. If you're listening in the car, hope you drive safe the rest of the way. If you're just listening at work, Friday's coming. At some point. <laughs> Five o'clock on Friday is coming at some point. Whether it's Monday next week or whether it's a Saturday or the week after. I don't know. But thank you again for listening today. God bless you for listening. And again, thank you for giving us your time. I see you alone when it's time to go.